Good morning. It is seven minutes after 11 o'clock, and uh, we just at the very end of the uh, last hour, uh, we had a caller uh, asking me about uh, my comments uh, that we were made to eat meat, and he suggested both biblically uh, and otherwise uh, scientifically that uh, that is not the case. Marty responds, he said, well, that guy needs to do a bit more Bible study. After the flood, all clean animals were provided for man's consumption. That is, uh, if it has a split hoof and uh, chews a cud and all fish that have scales. Uh, Then I got a response. God gave man domain over animals, as the Bible states. That means a thick, juicy steak to me. I commented that uh, you can't get vitamin uh, B without, uh, it's actually vitamin B12, unless you're eating meat. Uh, From the Mayo Clinic, vitamin B12 is necessary to produce red blood cells and prevent anemia. Anemia is a condition in which the body doesn't have enough healthy red blood cells to carry oxygens to all parts of the body. Vitamin B12 is found almost exclusively in animal products. So it can be difficult to get enough B12 on a vegan diet. Vitamin B12 deficiency may go undetected in people who eat a vegan diet because the vegan diet is rich in a vitamin called folate that can mask vitamin B12 deficiency. For this reason, it's important for vegans to consider vitamin supplements, vitamin-enriched cereals, and fortified soy products. In other words, until, you know, the last 50, 75 years, wherever they started inventing, uh, you know, uh, vitamin pills, if you didn't eat meat, you didn't get much B12, and you need B12. Want to argue with the Mayo Clinic? Feel free. We're made to eat meat. Uh, let's go to the, is this on, uh, this on this? Okay. Gene, good morning. Morning, Gary. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I was originally calling just to address your, uh, question about why the, the left hate women so bad. I'm, I'm actually a vegetarian if you want to talk about that. But, uh, the original question, this is, this is just my opinion. I know a lot of your callers are going to uh, balk at this opinion, but I, I try and look for truth and just say things the way I see it. I believe that the left hates women in general because man and woman were created by God. And I don't mean to be insulting when I say this, but the left, regardless of what you want to call the dark power in the world, in my opinion, they are controlled by it. Uh, From trying to kill your babies to whatever else you want to do, take other people's uh, property without uh, their their, uh, permission. Uh, So I believe that women and men, heterosexual men, it started with the white male. Now it's moving on to the woman. If they can't twist the original creation, they're not happy with it. And that's why I think that they're throwing women under the bus now because, you know, for decades, Gary, we've lied to little girls and we've told them that the only way they can be worth anything is if they can do everything a man does. And the beauty of creation is, Women were never supposed to do what man does because men can't do what women do. And that's what the beauty of a woman is. She has her own place and a special gift from God that she is able to reproduce life. And without her, all of us cease to exist. Well, I don't disagree with really anything you said. 
Uh, we hold women up on a pedestal. We, because they carry life, we revere uh, women. We should. But, you know, and, and you know, this, this goes to this uh, conflict in Israel where all these feminists are saying nothing about these Palestinians raping and sodomizing these women. Absolutely. And they're from the left. All right, Gene, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. For the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, where are all those feminists now? Uh, let's see. Turner, good morning. Good morning. I don't know whether the theologian will call you back uh, on Friday, but if he does, if you educate him, I didn't know this for some time, but Adam and Eve were not from Arkansas. If they had <laughs> been, they'd have eaten the snake. Thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you, Turner. They'd have eaten the snake. Oh Lord. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I. Uh, I don't see how. Uh, I, I'm not giving up meat. I'm just not. Uh, and I do believe we were made to eat steak, uh, pork. Uh, it's all good. Uh, a friend of mine that. Uh, Sells uh, firearms at Modern Arms uh, at, at Brown, Brown Station, Station location. location. Yeah, no. He says that if if bacon grew on trees, he'd be a vegetarian. Who doesn't love bacon? I love bacon. Now I gotta. Now I'm thinking about bacon, Brian. I want ba I want some bacon. I know. Crisp. I want it crisp. I want it yeah. to snap in two. Yep. I don't want it to be flexible. Ah, uh -uh. it's not cooked enough. It's you know. It, it, it seems that uh, I probably like, uh, you know, that that's probably the worst way to eat bacon. It's probably like yeah. really unhealthy. <laughs> They'll come up with some excuse for it. But I do love bacon. And you can put it on some pretty strange things. I thought somebody once called us, Brian, and said that they put bacon on an apple pie. Is that right? Yeah, I've heard a lot of unusual places that people <laughs> are putting bacon just an excuse to eat it. <laughs> yeah, I got this apple here. Bacon should go good with that. <laughs> yeah, who, who came up with that idea? Who looked at those two and said, whoa, let's put that together? I don't know, but I thought I'd heard that you could put bacon uh, on on a piece of apple pie. I don't know if you put anything else on it. I don't know what else you could... I, I would If you put whipped cream on it, I think I would vomit. I don't, I don't think that works. It definitely works on pizza. Bacon? Yeah. Bacon on pizza. Absolutely. You've never tried that? Well, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think I've, uh, I don't you know, think I've tried it. It certainly makes more sense than pineapple, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You do not put pineapple on pizza. Well, there's a lot of people that would disagree with you. That's all right. They have a right to be wrong. It, you, don't, you don't put pineapple on pizza. I'm sorry, people. You're just, you're, you're mutilating a perfectly good grease pie. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't stand for that. Can't do it. Uh, but bacon on an apple pie, I'm pretty sure somebody called and said you could put it on an apple pie. And then somebody came up with a, a, a bacon casserole. Have you seen this, Brian, where they, they weave it together? I have seen that, yeah. Man, does that look good. I think they wrapped around a meatloaf or something. Uh-huh, yep. Oh, I want bacon. Uh, let's see, Gary on bacon, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gary. Hey, there's a place, um, a bakery down in Herman. That one of their biggest sellers is uh, bacon apple pie. 
All right, so do they put anything else on it, or is it just bacon and apple well, pie? I mean, it, it, it's an apple pie and with, with bacon uh, in it or wove onto it. It's actually, I, I bought it just for the novelty to try it, yeah. and it was okay. I mean, I wouldn't uh, buy it again. Not that it was bad. It's just, you know, not my flavor. But it can, kind of gives you that sweet and salty, Yeah. Um, you know, a combination. Also, by the way, bacon is great on pizza. Yeah, I don't have a problem with bacon on pizza. I, I don't think nope. I've ever uh, tried it. Does it come out crispy or does it come out soggy? The bacon. It, it, it's from uh, it's from uh, place to place and how well it's done. <clears throat> uh, most of it you probably wouldn't like. It doesn't come out real, real crispy. In my in from what I've had. How do you like bacon? Crispy or soft? In between. In between. Uh, I, I can eat bacon no matter how you fix it. <laughs> I don't care if it's crispy. I don't care. I don't want it raw. Well, Gary boils his bacon, so right. you don't want to eat over there. I what? <laughs> you boil it. When did you where, where did you get that from? All right, Gary. Thank you for the call. Thank Glad you. to have, have you. a good one, Gary. You too. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Boiled bacon. <laughs> I is know. That like, is that like bread with bones in it? I I don't know. I, you, Unusual you ways to create bacon. You know, I'm, some people <clears throat> toss it in the microwave. What are you doing? Well, there are some bacon, uh, some uh, like canned bacon. I think you you can nuke. It's already cooked, right? I mean, and you can put bacon in the microwave. It's just it destroys it. I mean, for, <laughs> you can do it. It just destroys it. Yeah, and it comes out crispy. That's for sure. So now you got to watch out for like all processed meats. You got to watch out for the nitrates. Those are not good for you. But I don't think in, in, you know, reasonable amounts of bacon, you know, 10, 12 slices at a, uh, at a time. I, I, don't, I don't see where that's a problem. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. There are some, uh, if you're doing the uh, low-carb diet, you can look for bacon uh, that doesn't have salt in it. Usually you, you've got to, or doesn't have sugar in it. you got to look for that, but you can find it. Um, you take that piece of bacon, you get a, a hot frying pan, you take the bacon and you stab a piece of Swiss cheese in it, toothpick, drop it in the uh, hot oil, and in a few seconds the bacon is crisp, the cheese is soft, and it is a bacon and Swiss cheese delight. Oh, do I love that. If you're doing the low-carb diet, that's just... Something you can try. All right. Uh, feel free to share your bacon recipes. If you want to tell me what else you could put bacon on, uh, it'll be an amusing piece. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll entertain that. But we're also going to talk about uh, whether you can make money with an Airbnb in Columbia. All that and more on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. Making bacon. That's what we're going to call this segment. Making bacon. So, uh, and, and this is kind of a... a happened on a lark. I don't even know how we got to the conversation. But if you make, uh, you know, if you've got a recipe something you do with bacon, uh, I guess it was when we started talking about the apple pie thing. Uh, let me know what you do with it. What else you do? Because I love bacon. I'll listen. Sharon in Columbia, good morning. Good morning, Gary. Um, this might sound a little weird, but I like a bacon peanut butter sandwich. Sometimes I toast the bread and Sometimes I put a crisp uh, lettuce leaf on it, 
That way the peanut butter doesn't stick to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> Bacon <laughs> and peanut butter. Now, yes, it's all right, good. So Sharon, you're looking around the kitchen one day and you're thinking, I want a snack or I want lunch. What shall I do? And you're making this peanut butter sandwich and you go... You know, I, I got a pound of bacon in the fridge. I think, I'll, how did you decide to put those two together? Well, I've been doing it for 20 or 30 years. I don't really know how I started doing it. <laughs> Take a lap through <laughs> the kitchen good. and go, yeah, these two will go together. I would Try never. It. It's really good. Sure, sure. Let me put on all the weight I can. Thank you. Sharon, <laughs> right. take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Have you ever heard of that, Brian? Peanut butter and bacon? Yes, I have. Have uh -huh. you really? I haven't tried it, but yeah. It seems like the last time we had a similar discussion, somebody brought that up. So it's not that uncommon. All right. Ken, good morning. Good morning. I got something for you, Gary. I'm glad you're sitting down. What we have is a bacon-wrapped, deep-fried Oreo. What? Oreo cookie? Yes. You know, when you said bacon wrapped and deep fried, I was going, yeah. And then you got to Oreo cookie. It does, it's not good for your keto diet, but uh, it is really, really good. What happens to the cookie? Does it get soggy and soft? or uh, Just a little bit, but you have a crispy bacon around it. You take one half, a half a slice. And it's actually a one whole slice per Oreo cookie. You cut it in half. Then you do have to uh, put a toothpick in it so the uh, bacon will stay around the cookie. It takes maybe a minute to, to cook. You let it drain, and it is really, really good. All right. When I go off the diet next, yes. uh, maybe give that a try. Ken, thank you. you try. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Hertz Donuts has maple bacon donuts. I think I've heard of that before, too. Uh, my favorite way to eat, says Scotty. Uh, yes. So, you know, Scotty just never... He's constantly pushing that vape shop of his. Oh, let's see. Uh, David, good morning. Oh, oh good morning. I was going to say that uh, I prefer my bacon on or with my breakfast. But lunch is number two. That's my preference. Yeah, how about a cheeseburger with uh, some crispy bacon on it? Well, sure, that'd be good for lunch, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, there are a lot of other things at lunch, too, I'd take bacon with. Not so much supper, but I'd take it with supper. But I prefer it most with breakfast. Yeah, there's really not a bad time. There are better times than others, but not really a bad time to eat bacon. It's a good snack, too. Oh, yeah. But I could, I could wolf down a pound of that left to my own devices um uh, yeah Who all right <laughs> david thank you Glad to have you on the gary nolan show when gwen gets on this cook uh you know making breakfast uh, kick she she'll make the whole container of bacon and she'll take a couple of slices because she's uh, rather dainty and small uh the rest of it, it, it she has to she's got to be careful that i don't consume it before it even gets to the table that's how much i love bacon all right, that's enough. I'm not, I, I can't continue thinking about uh, bacon because, uh, well, it, it'll just make me hungry. Uh, okay, uh, Rick says, uh, I too eat bacon and crunchy peanut butter. Very good. 
That's more popular than I would have thought. Rick, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gary. Jack Links, the the beef jerky folks, make thick-cut hickory-smoked bacon jerky. And you know what? Unfortunately, I go through a bag of this thing in about five minutes because it's it's um, and it's good. It's that good, huh? It, it is. It is probably it? not good for me, but it's good. What's it called again? It's just it's you know Jack Links the uh, the beef jerky folks. Yeah. It's just called uh, thick cut bacon jerky hickory smoked. Hickory smoked. Thick, okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. Glad glad to have you with us. Uh, that sounds like a perfectly horrible diet that I will enjoy thoroughly. Mike, good morning. Hey, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, what my grandpa always said about Thai. He said, there's only two times I eat Thai, and that's if I'm by myself or if I'm with somebody. And uh, so that's that's me with bacon. That's the only time. That's the only two times I eat bacon. Similarly, yeah, uh, only when you're alone or with somebody. Uh, right. I know a lot of drinkers used to have that uh, same uh, uh, belief. All right. Well, I don't. I don't drink, so bacon has to substitute. I, I think it's a worthy substitute, Mike. I really do. All right, buddy. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Oh yeah, who doesn't love bacon? I just can't get enough. All right, I am uh, way out of whack here in terms of uh, st stories that I wanted to cover. Uh, Biden's suggesting that he might, um, he, he, he wouldn't be running if it weren't for Trump. He thinks he has to save the world from, from, from Donald Trump. Um, uh, he, he's, is, is he actually looking at any of, any of the polling data? Is he actually looking at it? Because there are other Republicans who can beat Joe Biden. If Donald Trump doesn't make it to the nomination, just about any other Republican can beat him. But um, he seems to think he's the only one uh, who can beat Donald Trump. All the polling indicates that Donald Trump beats Joe Biden. Everybody beats Joe Biden. The guy is... He, he's the uh, Billy Carter, uh, Jimmy Carter of the 21st century. His ratings are that low. There is nothing this guy has done and done well. I mean, you can go all the way back to the exit from Afghanistan. And I, by the way, was in favor of getting out of Afghanistan, but certainly not the way he did. You can look at how much money he's thrown at Ukraine. And by the way, I keep hearing about how yeah, Ukraine is is uh, in trouble if they don't get our money. Well, you know, if the Europeans really gave a rodent's rectum about what happened to Ukraine, if the Europeans were really afraid that Putin was going to start going from, from Ukraine to the other uh, countries surrounding Russia and rebuild the former Soviet Union, if Europe is that concerned, they should be able to muster enough arms, ammunition, and support to protect Ukraine. To keep the battle going. How is it that only your tax dollars can save Ukraine? We have no, no dog in that fight. Uh, we'll cover that ground in a few minutes. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35. Glad to have you with us. We're still getting comments on the bacon. A uh, couple of uh, rather amuse, amusing comments at that. Uh, one of them uh, declaring... Uh, well, Jaron says, uh, stop talking about the bacon. Uh, my taste buds are buzzing now. I've got to get it. Mark says, I like this one, bacon is sold only in convenient single-serve packages. Yeah. Uh, and then Keith says, uh, bacon on a filet mignon. Yeah, wrap a strip of bacon in a toothpick and... Whew. That's all good. Uh, all right, so this whole... A couple of things that I want to talk about here in terms of uh, safety of the United States and our involvement overseas. As I pointed out in the last segment, if you're worried about Ukraine, don't. It's the Europeans' problem. They're the ones that have to step up to the plate. Not us. It doesn't involve us. It has nothing to do with us. Uh, you'll hear an extension of the old communist domino theory from Vietnam as an excuse to be involved. Nonsense. And Europe has the means combined to keep the pressure on Russia. Shouldn't be our problem. I don't believe constitutionally the government has the right to take your money from your pocket against your will and send it to anybody. It's simply not the role of government. That said, we also have this renewal of the government's capacity to tap your phone. The FBI suggested that uh, he sees sirens or lights or flashing lights all over the place. And so he wants, of course they don't want to give up that power. He wants to keep the power to continue to tap your phone and listen to your phone calls. Government never wants to give up power. They always, once they get it, they always seem to find a reason to keep it. If you really wanted to protect the United States, you'd quit making enemies. Quit sticking our nose into every other country's problems. You see, when we get in the middle of one of these disputes, one side of that dispute is going to hate us for intervening. If it's the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the Palestinians hate us. If it's the Iranians and the Iraqis, you know, it, right now it's the Iranians that hate us. When we stick our nose into these other countries' business, we end up suffering. And then in order to protect us, then, well, that's when they have to start taking away our, our rights, our privacy. This uh, capacity of the government to listen to your phone calls and, and uh, to look into your text messages and essentially to without a warrant do a search and they admit oh we, we sometimes round up Americans they admit it they shouldn't have the power to do it and if, if you wanted to be safe and not have to give up that freedom that privacy you got to get 
the U.S. to stop getting involved in other countries. They do it now without question. They do it as though it's just fine. It's, it's perfectly normal. For years, I thought it was. But it's not. The Founding Fathers did not want us to do what we're doing with our foreign policy. Beware foreign entanglements. We don't seem to have learned that lesson. All right, let's bring it a little closer to home. Start a story in the Columbia, Missourian. Suggesting that Columbia has not yet adopted short-term rental rules, but the city is working on doing just that. Uh, in the current form, the ordinance would require short-term rental operators to have a business license and pass a safety inspection. It would also create a limit of one short-term rental property per owner and cap the number of guests at eight. What part of that do you think I disagree with, Brian? I don't know. Uh, all of it. <laughs> Pretty much all of it. If I've got, and if you disagree with me, feel free. You can pick up the phone and call me. I'll, I'll, I'll listen. Uh, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. But if I bought my house, I own my house. I can do with it as I please. The only time you get to stop me is when I start interfering with your rights. So if I want to rent my property out five days a week, 52 weeks a year, the government should, A, not require a business license. A, a license to do business is silly. Unless it's just something to keep track of taxes. And they certainly shouldn't be requiring... Um, the uh, other ancillary thing, like uh, residents, in some cases uh, require uh, one off-street parking space for every two guests. Some would require a conditional use permit, um, fire, smoke alarms. Government should have nothing to do with that. Look, if I rent my property out, and my tenants keep you up late at night, call the police. You should be able to hold somebody legally accountable. If they're parking in your driveway on your lawn, you should be able to tow the car away and maybe even get a bounty from the company that tows the cars. And that would be a whole cottage industry set up to protect citizens when uh, you know when a neighbor has a a, a a house that they're renting out during football season, it's just not the government's job. The free market and the criminal market, and the market is already there for for abusing your neighbors. I just don't think they should get involved in this at all. Uh, I don't know. We, we just keep thinking the government should be doing something. Uh, and so uh, they, they jump in and uh, come up with their own plans. And uh, you know who's really opposed to these people renting out their homes? These short-term rentals? The Airbnb people? 
the hotel owners. They're the ones that really get upset because it's competition. Airbnb is uh, you know, a great way for some people to make a living. Maybe they want to buy several houses, but no, the city doesn't want that. They want to limit it to one house. Why? Well, there's a housing shortage. Well, great, that'll drive builders to build more homes. That's good. Puts all these people to work. Time will eventually iron out all of the problems. Time will eventually iron out all the problems. Don't look to the government to solve them because they'll just make things worse in the long run. To that end, and I believe she's going to disagree with me, but we're going to see what she says. Evelyn is on the line. Good morning, Evelyn. How are you? My ex-husband, I would ask him to do something. And if it was the next thing he wanted to do, that item went to the bottom of the list. And so forever, I had a countertop the entire time we were married that never got fixed. So we gave them roll carts, and now they had to find something else. So now it's going to be this, and I agree with you. And I, I'm wondering, is this the fallacy of moving the goalpost that, okay, you achieve this level, now we're going to go to that level. You know, you have to reach higher. You have to do more. So I don't disagree with you at all, Gary, and thank you for bringing it to our attention. But I think that we need to go back to maybe something simple like roll carts for them because they're meddling now in people's business. Uh, I want to go back to the counter and, and your your ex-husband. Where did that come from? Well, I'm just saying that with the city, it was like roll carts, roll carts, roll carts, roll carts. And they were nagging us about it. You know, get that pass, get that pass. And now that you did that, they found something new for us to do. And that's why he wouldn't fix what I asked him to do is because I find something else. And so as long as he just kept putting the one off, he didn't have to do it. And then he didn't go to the next item on the to-do list. Okay, the psychology oh. of your ex. You threw him out and got a new countertop? Pardon? Did you throw him out and get a new countertop? Uh, everything changed. Everything changed. <laughs> countertops are fine today, yes. Beautiful. But, uh, All right, Evelyn, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. That is neat. Um, the other thing that's going on, according to the Columbia Missourian, in a story uh, that uh, was written by Lillian Metzheimer... Paige Gerling and Mary McHugh Bell. And that is food, well, insecurity. City Council plans to combat food insecurity. Yeah, great. That makes sense. No, it doesn't. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. 1151, uh, the Columbia City Council, according to the Columbia Missourian, is focus, focusing their attention on addressing food insecurity. The uh, Columbia City Council is focusing their attention on addressing food insecurity. And part of this is to do something with the uh, Food Bank of Central uh, and Northeast uh, Missouri. And I'm in favor of that. I will do whatever I can to help the food bank. They ask for donations. They don't demand it. Uh, it it's all based on uh, the generosity of your fellow man. And, uh, in fact, uh, I think next week we're doing something for them, aren't we, Brian? We certainly are. The yeah. uh, one-for-one one holiday food drive. We do this every year, and uh, I love doing it. But it's not something the city should really be involved in. Uh, 
They have an agreement with the Columbia Center for Urban Agriculture that will assist in the development and implementation of a community food system assessment. This is according to the city council memo. Why don't they just leave it alone? Just, just flipping, leave it all alone. If there is a need, private charity will fill it. They're going to actually establish a food council. The city of Columbia is going to establish a food council. Pulling the hair out. They will consist of nine members with an interest in equitable food systems and policies. Oh, my God, what is the matter with these people? They will advise the city council in matters pertaining to equitable and sustainable food systems. That's all part of the city council memo. And there is going to be, we get a new hire. We get a new position in the health department. We've got the the most ill-informed health department in the history of health departments. But we're going to bring somebody new there, and they will work closely with the newly established food council and oversee a community food system assessment and create a plan for the council. Story is at the, uh, uh, the Columbia, Missourian. They somehow think it, it's their job to go out. I mean, it's dystopia. Those, you, you got to pay for these people. You're going to use tax dollars. <sighs> Apparently, they're just not going to stop interfering in anything and everything. They just... Ride their bicycles, take away your driving lanes, put you in battery-powered cars, drive up the cost of your electricity, drive up the, the cost of uh, your gas bill, uh, take your tax money and, and use it to create a, a new position with the County Board of Health, uh, and, and all this to do something the government should never be involved in. Uh, let's see. Kim says, Gary, there, there are many ultra-wealthy people in Colombia that must disagree with the liberal Colombia policies. Why won't any of them stand up to City Hall? I don't know. I, I don't... Here's the problem. I, I would love to see the city be the more rural reflection of the general area than it is. But you've got the university... And the university, of course, is funded by, you know, state funds largely. And universities bring in progressives. Their professors are progressive, save for a couple, and I know there are a couple who aren't. And I know both of them. Uh, and, and they bring in students that have been indoctrinated in government schools and get further indoctrinated on the college campus. And they all have the right to vote. I don't care how much money we have uh, on the side of constitutionally limited government. The other side has more people. I mean, you can't get somebody on the school board for crying out loud. You can't get one person on that school board in Columbia or Boone County that is actually singing a different tune than the progressives. 
I don't think it's a matter of money, Kim. I, th I think it's because of the university. It's just something uh, that we're not going to win. Listen, uh, coming up is uh, Glenn Beck. He's right behind us. Then Sean Hannity. Uh, Randy Tobler for your ride home. And then it starts all over again. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby, honey. I'm coming home.